0: Today on Pilgrim Radio's His people, Uche Anazor, on why Christians slide in a spiritual apathy and how to fight against it. I imagine it is a spiritual sort of thing that um, that our enemy
1: is, is is opposed to Christians caring, our flesh is opposed to Christians caring, and so I I I want us to recognize that it's not just something that you need therapy for, it might be, but it's more than that. Uche Anazor,
0: next. Apathy is defined as a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. Dr. Uche Anazor says examples abound in our culture. And when apathy spills over into our spiritual lives, it can have serious effects on prayer, Bible reading, and engaging with our own church communities. So what are we to do when we see apathy in our own lives? Join me now as I talk with Dr. Anazor, professor at the Talbot School of Theology and author of Overcoming Apathy, Gospel Hope for Those Who Struggle to care. Dr. Anazar, tell us why you wrote about spiritual apathy. Isn't it a subject that kind of flies under the radar?
1: It does, but if we pause for a second to think about, you know, our, our Christian lives and, and those around us, we would realize how pervasive apathy actually is, that there, we, we, we go through these long stages sometimes in our Christian lives where we can't seem to get ourselves to care about the things that are most important to us.
0: And talk about the experience. I I think you said it grew out a bit. Well, of course, of your own experience and then uh, conversations uh, with your students.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So from my own experience, you know, I I spent um, my uh, late teens, early 20s um, in campus ministry. Um, I was was involved with Campus Crusade for Christ. And, you know, if you're familiar with the ministry, it's all about evangelism and discipleship Mm -hmm. and reaching the world for Christ and all that. And uh, I loved the ministry. I loved the vision. It it resonated with me. Um, But fairly early on in my in my involvement in the ministry, it it just became clear to me that um, I'm looking at these other people and they seem to be fully engaged, at least on the surface. It seemed they were fully engaged and I knew mentally I needed to be fully engaged, but I couldn't get myself to sort of like care as much as it seemed like these folks cared and so that just raised some questions for me very early on like so what is the deal with not caring about the things that are most important mm-hmm. even though i really believed i was a christian i fully you know i fully trusted in christ but right. i just didn't care as much as I, as I needed to um and then with students that, that i've spent a lot of time with and, and mentored I, i've just noticed that um there are various struggles that they have that are common but the, the one that stands out to me is they seem to struggle with those things that pertain to the spiritual life in terms of just really caring mm-hmm. and persisting in caring for these things. And, and that just always struck me again, as this seems very odd for Christians that we care we care less about the things that we should care the most about.
0: Where do we see it most clearly around us? I mean, you, you kind of draw our attention to, to it in the culture and particularly in uh, terms of television.
1: in in terms of the, in terms of the, what sort of, um, fosters it, we, you know, we, we live in a, in a culture that makes a big deal out of things that are relatively meaningless. Um, and tends to sort of downplay thing, things that are really, really, really meaningful. And so, you know, it's it's no wonder that the Christians reared in this environment would not be entirely apathetic. We're not entirely apathetic. We're only selectively so. So we could get really excited about the video games we're playing, about the, the latest news. We could get very excited about that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. w- w- when it comes to like, okay, so let, let's talk about church. Let's talk about your quiet time. Let's talk about prayer. Let's talk about evangelism. Let's talk about mission. There's sort of like a, Eh, you know, I sort of meh about that. And that's just, that's striking to me.
0: Now, what about, uh, I I have to ask you about the uh, TV show Seinfeld, Uh, you say, or at least maybe it's been voted this way, the best or one of the best television shows of all time. And there's going to be people listening to this that are going to say, I've never watched it. What can you tell us about it? and, And how does it kind of give us some insight into what exactly is apathy?
1: Yeah, so so Seinfeld was was an interesting phenomenon because uh you know it came out in early in the early 90s and it was a, it was a sitcom that was different than other sitcoms right so you know sitcoms back then oftentimes tended to be family oriented sitcoms took you know they dealt with sort of like the all the big sort of life situations or even cultural sort of uh issues and they did it in, in a ni- nice tidy way that resolves wonderfully at the end of 30 30 minutes or 22 minutes or whatever mm-hmm uh, Seinfeld decided to sort of be a, a more irreverent show, where it it treated some of these things that, that that were really important, you know, marriage and relationships and caring about deep events, even things like the Holocaust, and and treated them with relative indifference, um, while playing up silly things like um, is someone a close talker, you know, they talk to you close to your face, or or someone's button. You know, how many how many buttons do they have buttoned <laughs> up on their shirt? <laughs> Ridiculous innate uh-huh. kinds of things, but they they, they would spend a whole episode on that kind of stuff, and and, and that was the cleverness of it because they were able to do it in such a clever way.
0: Okay, and and how about in the church? Uh, I th- I think you make some some point in, in your book that for whatever reason, and I guess you you explained it a little bit earlier, but sometimes the the, the biggest things God and and salvation and forgiveness of sins and eternal life and. In Scripture, these things that loom huge are the major things. For some reason, what we become too familiar with them, or something.
1: Yeah, I, I I think that's one of the main reasons we we grow indifferent. It is just the old adage that you know familiarity breeds contempt, and and so there's there's almost an unavoidable element to to the temptation toward indifference, right? So. If, if every single week so if, if, if i'm a faithful christian and I'm, I'm at church 52 weeks a year and i'm hearing wonderful sermons about god and eternity and the gospel um th- there is there is a familiarity especially if, if the sermons kind of sound roughly the same there, there's a certain kind of familiarity that at, at the end of the day we, we we grow we grow weary of and it's not because the gospel is wearisome or that the gospel is bland it's just that we we grow weary of it it's, it's kind of like you know i after watching like four or five Marvel movies, um, you, you kind of get used to the story, mm. and it kind of kind of becomes a little bit less exciting to engage. You become indifferent to it, and so I, I think I think that's one of the elements. But I think there are other elements that are at play that are sort of where causing us to become increasingly indifferent.
0: Would you want to touch on a couple of those?
1: Yeah. So so you no, know, we we touched on one of them briefly um, earlier when we when we talked about sort of our engagement with um, the trivial, right? So yeah our culture is constantly like foisting upon trivial things and it's constantly telling us care, 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 care. And so, so, so rather than us saying, okay, um, I'm going to fully care about the trivial, um, and ignore the meaningful, what, what sometimes happens with us is that we become so inundated with with things that we're called to care about that we just decide to care about nothing it may not be a conscious decision that we make but but it wears us down so much that we that we, that we become just maybe equal opportunity apathetic you know we, we just treat everything with yeah. equal indifference because we're worn down and that might be a reason
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I think there are other reasons like um, unresolved doubt is a reason why, why I think um, some Christians struggle with apathy so if if i'm dealing with doubt and it might be intellectual like i actually have questions about the resurrection or about the existence of god or they might just be sort of what i what we might call emotional doubts where we might in- intellectually believe that the christian faith is credible and it's wonderful and it, and it's true but we go through these periods where we believe like maybe it's too good to be true or or maybe there's there's something that um is 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 wrong in my own faith that's barring me from experiencing the goodness of god or eternal life and so we have these sort of emotional emotional doubts wherever the doubt comes from if it's unresolved one of the potential consequences is that i'm going to disengage from Mm. my spiritual life if i'm doubting that god is good or god is real god is active why in the world would i pray why, why in the world would I, would I faithfully pray? Why in the world would I spend wake up in the morning, spend time in, time on the Word, and, and all these other spiritual practices? Why would I do them? And so those are those are at least a couple of reasons that I, I put forward: doubt, triviality, those kinds of things.
0: Mm. Well, the book is Overcoming Apathy: Gospel Hope for Those Who Struggle to Care. My guest is Doctor Uche Enazor. He teaches at uh, Talbot School of Theology. He's an associate professor of theology there. Well, I guess I better ask you this before time gets away from us: How do you define apathy?
1: I spent a chapter trying to do that it's it's probably my hardest chapter probably for the readers to to get through but it's uh it's it's me just trying to clarify terms because i I think that's important so um i I see apathy as it's a spiritual as well as an emotional and psychological state right so it's 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 a prolonged um emotional psychological spiritual state of indifference um that sort of causes us to to um, be less motivated, less engaged, less emotionally excited about um, the things that should bring us flourishing and bring other people flourishing. Um, and so I, I try to I try to keep it in two camps, both psychological and spiritual. Yeah, there's something going on emotionally and psychologically and, and deeply in us that 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 is preventing us from caring. But I also want us to realize that it's a real spiritual battle um, because. Why again would Christians who claim to love Jesus, who is the most important person in their lives, why would Christians not care? And so that seems to me to be a very interesting reality. That I imagine it is a spiritual sort of thing. That um, that our enemy is 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 opposed to Christians caring. Our flesh is opposed to Christians caring. And so I, I I want us to recognize that it's not just something that you need therapy for. It might be, but it's more than that. It's 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 a spiritual thing.
0: It's part of that ongoing yeah. battle against. The world, the flesh, and the devil, if you will. Exactly right. Um, I I did want to ask you, is apathy something that, that would you say, uniformly affects believers wherever we live? Or is it, I I don't want to say uniquely American, but I mean, you really see it in America. Is it perhaps something that... uh, might tend to affect people in in more for lack of a better term prosperous surroundings or societies
1: that's a good uh hypothesis i i i'd imagine that's the case i i couldn't make any sort of defin- definitive case for it but um if it if it's true that um triviality and 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 the opportunity to sort of engage in the trivial is is more prevalent in the west and or, or in places where there's wealth then i i can imagine uh, a general malaise coming over people who who live in the West, rather than if if I'm if I'm struggling to make my daily existence possible, and I have to like wake up in the morning, five six in the morning, work twelve hours, come home and do it again and again, I'm not going to be as disengaged from life broadly speaking, because like life is urgent, Every, everything is is is, is urgent, mm-hmm. and, and 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 has significant mm-hmm. meaning, or or even in the realm of the spiritual, I I, I can imagine if I'm in a place where. Um, we really are dealing not just with poverty and things like that, but we're dealing with like real spiritual kinds of things. You know, so I'm from I'm from Nigeria originally, and it's a very spiritual, spiritual place. And there's there's a lot of sort of like negative spirituality, anim, animism, and things like that going on. In a place like that, you have no space to be apathetic toward the spiritual. Mm-hmm. You're, you're very aware that the spiritual is is there. Now, in saying all this, I don't want to um mislead folks to to, to think that only north americans can ever be apathetic that's obviously not going to be the case mm-hmm. um if, if, if it's a spiritual ailment then it's going to be universal to some degree but i but i imagine your 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 theory is correct that it's probably more prevalent in the west
0: is apathy a sin that's a
1: hard question i <laughs> i would say it is but you know just like in scripture sin is defined in in, in a few ways right so so sin is a state of being right so paul for instance, when he talks about sin in Romans 7, you know, sin is, is sort of like our old self, our sinful flesh, the old the old man. But sin is also things that we think. Sin is also things that we do. And so then when I think about apathy, apathy is definitely a, a disordered affection or lack of affection toward the things that are most important. So in, in that sense, in terms of apathy being a state of being, um, it's, it's sinful. Um, if I don't act on the things that I'm called to act upon, then there's another problem that that, that's a sin of maybe omission and so both in terms of actions and in terms of our sort of disposition um i would say that apathy is a sinful way of being yeah
0: are there places in scripture where you would see it either addressed directly or maybe addressing the uh, what the consequences or the results of apathy
1: yeah so like it's it's sad that Scripture doesn't particularly use the word apathy. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, it'll use passions, but oftentimes when Scripture speaks about passions, it's speaking about it negatively. And so, and so the word that I would camp out on is probably something like zeal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you have the example, for instance, of a, of a Phineas in the Old Testament. He was a, he was a, a priest, or a, he was a, among the Levites, and as Israel was sort of sinning and and sort of becoming increasingly indifferent to the things of God, and 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 even indifferent to. Um, the sin that was around the Israelite camp. Phineas comes and he kills someone. He basically banishes the sin from, from the camp. And God looks at Phineas and, and, and commends him for his zeal. And so, so, you, so you look at that and you say, okay, so zeal, I think is the opposite of apathy. Zeal is the willingness to engage in those things that are most important, things that are often lack of a better term, kingdom kinds of things, things that benefit other people, That that's what zeal is about. And so I would imagine the contrary, apathy, um, to, to disengage from the things that are most important um, is is not commendable, it's condemnable. And I, I think that's kind of what happens in the Phineas story, and, and I think that's in numbers.
0: Mm. And of course, I think of uh, the lukewarm church in uh, the book of Revelation, uh, the Laodiceans, yeah. that kind of thing, that they were right. rich and had need of nothing and so forth.
1: Correct, yeah.
0: And I do want to get, of course, to, to to how to fight apathy, how to address it, how to cure it, and, and all of that. But uh, another thing that's around us all the time, and you address it in your book, and that is our consumption of media, our use of technology, entertainment, and all of that. I mean, we all part- most of us partake of all of that. We enjoy it; it's helpful to our lives in so many ways. But to what extent does it uh, contribute to apathy?
1: I think it numbs us. I, I I think in a couple of ways. So it numbs us in that um, when I am feeling maybe distant from God or, or or when I when I may not be feeling distant from God, but I, I have a responsibility to engage with him, his word or whatever. What, what ends up happening is um, because sort of media, whether it's media in terms of social media or media in terms of things like Netflix or Disney Plus, or whatever it might be, um, because it's so prevalent, um, I find it's so much easier to just hit the next video. And then the next one, and then the next one, and, and before you know it, the night—the the night is done. Mm-hmm. I have—I have, I haven't engaged with anything meaningful, and and, I, and by that I don't just mean like reading my Bible or whatever, but I haven't engaged in conversation, or I haven't read a book, I haven't been reflective, I haven't done anything that would actually stir up within me. A passion for god or things that matter yeah and so th- th- there's a sense in which we numb ourselves by engaging these things but I, but i think these things are also sort of inherently numbing in that they're always again calling us to engage in in, in oftentimes things that are, that are just not that important like so some of the media that we consume is super important so, so what's going on in the ukraine that that's important mm-hmm. you know those kinds of things but even if i spend every single day an hour a day or half an hour a day, I'm, I'm I'm, getting immersed in what's in the Ukraine. Over the course of time, you'll notice in your soul that you stop caring about other kinds of things, and, and, you, and you start to disengage the spiritual. Oftentimes, this is not always the case, but oftentimes that's the case. And so there, there's something numbing almost inherently about about the media.
0: And there's so many other causes. You have a chapter on seven deadly causes of apathy. I think we've covered a lot of it, but would you want to draw our attention to anything else before we move on to how to fight it
1: yeah I, I i would want to draw my attention to probably the most obvious one and maybe it's not but um i i, I talk about um the lack of sort of like spiritual discipline mm. right so um one thing i noticed when, when i was working with campus crusade i i would mentor students and uh i would regularly ask them you know during our, our one-on-one meeting so how's it going in terms of like how oh, your spiritual life how are you feeling toward god how are you how, how your quiet time's been or whatever mm-hmm. and i would invariably get an answer like oh i haven't been reading reading the scriptures much. Oh, why not? Uh I don't know. Um then I'll then I'll ask a question like, so what were you doing last night? How did you spend last night? Yeah, I guess I was up to like three in the morning um playing video games or whatever, whatever yeah, it was. Right. And so then I would, you know, very kindly just say, well, you know, there there's the connection. You know, look look at look at your actual life. Look at look at how you're actually spending time. And, and are the things that you're doing feeding a fire uh for 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 God and for the things of God, or are they not? Um, are you spending an inordinate and disproportionate amount of time um, not feeding the soul? If we're not, then we should not be surprised that for some reason we don't look like Jesus or feel like Jesus. Yeah. So I, I need to say that because you know we, we we could get too sophisticated in talking about media and things mm-hmm. like that, but I I think there's a fundamental. If a Christian is not feeding their soul or deliberately trying to fight for zeal and fight for joy in God, um, then don't we shouldn't be surprised when we don't actually feel
0: it. So, in terms of uh, fighting apathy, as, as you said, there's a there's a cost to it. It's it's indifference to the things of God, and 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 what that you, you've described what that looks like. Obviously, there's more to it, but you've given a really good uh, foundation. What about regaining I, the opposite of apathy? Is what zeal enthusiasm for? The things of God, it obviously, as you've made it clear, uh, uh, the, the, the general direction, the drift is oh, not in that direction. You have to do yeah. something about it. So tell us, where, where do you start in uh, addressing it, fighting it?
1: Yeah, I, I think the bedrock of, of fighting um, apathy is, is really to, to recognize that. Even as an apathetic Christian, I, I am someone who still um, lives in the truth of the gospel. And, and the truth of the gospel is that God really does, even as I'm not as passionate as I should be about him, he still loves and forgives. Mm-hmm. And that not only that, but that he, he's actually at work in me and will continue to be at work in me fighting for my own zeal. And so so there's there's good news in the fact that we have a God who's who's patient and kind and cares for our zeal more than we care for our zeal. So that that's the bedrock. but then as we as we think about, so what should I do, um I, I frame things in in my last chapter um, around this sort of idea of we combat apathy through the cultivation of virtues. We combat through cultivation. I encourage readers to cultivate things like, cultivate honesty in community, in Christian community, cultivate uh, a sense of meaning and mission, uh, cultivate uh, affection, um, among, among other things. And, uh, and none of these things are sort of like quick fixes. they are they're, they're things that over the course of time will, will help a Christian become uh, the kind of person who doesn't lapse into prolonged periods of apathy um, or someone who's able to fight out of a prolonged period of apathy.
0: Well, just picking one, uh, cultivating a sense of meaning, sense of mission, what's involved in in, in doing that? If somebody feels like, I, I don't really have a sense of meaning or mission, I've uh, maybe a sense of purpose. I don't have a sense of purpose.
1: Yeah, so I, I would say w- one of the reasons why, um, even as I think about my, my own life, mm-hmm. um, one of the reasons that I, I might lapse into a, a feeling of like life being meaningless or or me not having any sort of like direction is um, I've ceased to be a person that is, for lack of a better term, reflective. Uh, and so th- a lot of this is going to be tied to our conversation about media or whatever. But um, so if I have no mental space to be reflective, then I'm not able to sort of meditate on the things that are most meaningful. So in my in my 20s, I spent a lot of time journaling. And journaling always caused me to, to, to reflect on my day and try to have a God word perspective on my day. Hmm. In my forties, you know, having kids and life being busier, I just don't do that as much. But, but I've noticed that it, it disconnects me from like, what's the meaning in my days? And what's the meaning in my week? What is God doing in, over the course of a, a span of time? And so what one of the things, and it's a very simple practice, but one of the things I recommend is to, to cultivate solitude and cultivate moments of silence and reflection whether that's taking 15 minutes um you know on your on your 15 minute walk to work don't put the podcast on sorry <laughs> don't, don't put any podcast on <laughs> that's okay don't, 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 put, don't, don't put the podcast on like give yourself space to actually like feel your life and think about your life and reflect upon your life or or things like maybe to counteract the, the kinds of media that we we normally intake we, we usually read things that are like this will take me 30 seconds to three minutes to read that doesn't cultivate any any sort of sense of depth, mm-hmm. right? And so, and so, part of it, cultivating depth is saying, I have a commitment to, to to doing what someone calls slow media, like reading slow media, like reading something that that that's a sustained argument for, like that might take me twenty five minutes to read. Mm. It slows us down, and it causes us not to just be reactive in our lives. But to be people who are deeply ponderous and deeply reflective, I think those are just two of, of a handful of things I recommend in terms of cultivating meaning
0: and generosity. Sometimes that can not come into the conversation. Um, I mean, in terms of fighting apathy, what mm-hmm. do you mean by generosity, and how does that how does that fight against uh, apathy or build zeal for for the Lord?
1: Some of the research, whether it's um, uh, sort of non-theological uh, or biblical research, shows that like those who are generous tend to be those who experience greater outcomes in terms of mental health, greater outcomes in terms of like um, uh, financial and material health and things along those lines. And so th- th- there's a connection there between um, uh, being someone who gives, experiencing the fullness of the kind of life that God wants us to have. And so if I want, if I want a sense of, of meaning or a, or a sense of depth in my life, the, I, I don't begin necessarily by looking inward, I, I may have to begin by looking outward, and and God, who who in His kindness will, will will allow us to participate in His joy and life by by imitating His kind of generosity. And and, and another thing generosity does is that it in taking our our eyes off of ourselves, we we, we get a bigger sense of of the world and and the meaningfulness of the world, um, and it. And getting that greater sense of me- the meaningfulness of the world sort of loosens the grip of apathy on us because apathy feeds on a sense of meaninglessness. And so whatever we can do to cultivate a, a sense of, that the world and my actions are meaningful, um, I think will combat apathy in the long run.
0: So it sounds like uh, much of what you're talking about, or maybe all of it, is doing things that will, uh, if you will, strengthen our faith.
1: That's precisely what it is. And, and even at the, end of that, at the end of my final chapter, I, I, I say that. I say like there's no quick fix. And in fact, what I'm proposing here is effectively the Christian life. Mm -hmm. I'm framing it in certain ways and whatever, but I'm I'm proposing the Christian life. Like how do you cultivate a, a healthy Christian life that takes time, but it takes intentionality.
0: And you you touch on this in in places in your book, but in terms of uh, overcoming apathy, the title of your book, Gospel Hope for Those Who Struggle to Care. My guest is Dr. Uche Anazor, Associate Professor of Theology at Talbot School of Theology. But I'm wondering, and there's only one example I can think of with this, but uh, humor. Uh, The Babylon Bee, some people may or may not know about the Babylon Bee, but they have kind of identified certainly uh, apathy, but other aspects of the Christian life, which are are maybe out of whack in at least in the american church is is humor something that can be that we can maybe rightly use to uh to get us back on track
1: i think humor could have two effects so i'm, I'm thinking on the fly yeah here, but I, I think i think humor could have the effect of um sort of being prophetic and by prophetic i don't mean like literally prophetic but I, but i mean like it, it, it could it could have it has that effect of being able to be insightful and jarring comedy can have that effect of jarring people but helping them see the world in new and sometimes even right ways
0: yeah
1: however however um I, th- I think um cynicism sarcasm certain forms of humor um can exacerbate a sense of meaning meaninglessness right so if if i if i poke fun at literally everything or or, or if i find everything equally humorous and the, there's a sense in which, okay, so everything is kind of meaningless.
0: Right. So everything is
1: everything's a big joke. And if everything's a joke, why do I care? Right. And so it could ha- it's, it's a double-edged sword, that, mm-hmm. that, like many things, can can be used for good and, and can be used for for evil. I imagine.
0: What what people, whether uh, present, um, authors, preachers, or otherwise, have influenced you in, in this regard or people maybe from the past or maybe from a long time ago uh have there been some
1: yeah i i would say one of my greatest influences and i, and I actually dedicate the book to him even though i've never met the man um mm. is 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 john piper right um yeah. he's been a huge influence from from my early 20s even to, to today he, mm-hmm. he he exemplifies in his ministry um over the years um someone who who recognizes that that Joy in God isn't something that comes automatically. It's something that we actually need to to fight for, and by the grace of God, um, live a light of satisfaction and, and joy in God. And so he's been a huge influence, and he was, he was influenced by Jonathan Edwards, who's also an influence on on me. And so through Piper, I got exposed to Edwards, um, and they're, they're both significant influences for
0: me. Overcoming apathy, gospel, hope for those who struggle to care. Well, uh, Dr. Anazor, what... Would you like the the reader to take away? Yeah,
1: my hope is that um, readers won't read this book and and feel condemned, but at the same time that, that they would feel that there's there's real possibility for change. I think one of the one of the hardest things for Christians is when we get to the place where we feel like change cannot happen. Mm. I want believers to, to believe that, or to, or to recognize that God's in this with you, um, God. Not only loves you, but, he, but but he's really in the struggle with you. So he call he calls you to to cultivate um, habits that are going to help you become the kind of person who can maintain a lifelong zeal for God. It may not be zeal that looks like a twenty year old zeal, you know, so to speak, or a sixteen year old zeal, but but a, a sustained zeal for God. I I think God is with us with us in that, but he does call us and equip us with tools to be able to be those kinds of
0: people. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Dr. Uche Anazor, professor at the Talbot School of Theology and author of Overcoming Apathy, Gospel Hope for Those Who Struggle to Care. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's A.S. Ibrahim on understanding Islam and reaching Muslims with the gospel. Befriend the person and, and, and love to get to know the person. Ask about their family. siblings why they came to america are they enjoying the life here what is good what is not super good for them just sincere conversation but then i encourage everyone also to begin a conversation around religion what you're asking us to talk about religion we don't talk about these things in america but muslims do Muslims love to talk about religion. That's tomorrow at the same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening.